This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning outside? We're going to be talking about gardening, folks. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and this is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Weekly Garden Party. Uh, again, your host, Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and our producer is a percolator himself, Mr. Java Chapman. How are you this morning, sir? Hanging in there. All right, man. We're going to get down on some gardening for the next hour or so. So sit back, folks. We've got uh, uh, cheesy music. We've got some emails. Got your phone calls. Because it's a live program because we're going to be talking about what's going on or not in your garden this late Jan- mid-January weekend. 2017 is going to be a great one for gardening. We're going to start it out by talking about it. Stick with us, folks. we got a little bit of news, and we'll come back with your live phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Gestalt. Gardener program. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening this morning. You want to give us a call? It is live. Well, it's on Friday. It's live. Uh, Saturday, it's a rebroadcast, but anytime during the week, if you want to get in touch with me, it may take me a day or two because I'm lazy. But if you want to shoot us an email, that's real, real easy to do. Garden at MPB Online. Dot org. Anytime you want to, you got a garden question or you want to have a comment or some things you want to share, or maybe it's some particular thing you'd like me to talk about on this program, give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got the lines open right now if you want to give us a call. I mean, here it is, first thing on Friday morning, and we are already up and about, got stuff out of my garden. I brought in uh, some herbs that I grew. You know, that little cold spell we had last weekend did not really do a lot of damage to my garden because, well, it's done it before. Every time something dies in my yard, whether it's from cold or drought or too much rain or neglect or has to be pruned or gets bugs or diseases, anything that causes the plant to have problems, my way of thinking is I can either do something about it or just stick something else in that hole. And that's what I've done over the decades, I guess. I've got a garden that pretty well takes care of itself. Uh, I enjoy it, but uh, I enjoy not having to do stuff for it or to it all the time. Now, I did dig some holes this past week. The clay was so sticky I had to stop, you know, digging in this stuff. So some of you uh, around the state have got really good dirt. Some of you got sand, which you don't really like. I've got clay. It's a special kind of clay, which I could talk about in detail and make your eyes bleed. But bottom line is it gets sticky when it's wet. And it swells up, and then it shrinks, and it gets hard like concrete when it gets dry. So there's a little short, brief window of opportunity when you can dig, do some digging. And if you catch it just right, a few days after good rain, before it turns hard again, it breaks up and crumbles just like chocolate cake. It's got a really good, great, great word for it. Uh, it's called tilth. And... um 
I can't remember the other word, some, some other kind of uh, word for it where it breaks up very easily. It's friable. That's what it is. Uh, crazy, crazy words. Anyway, if you want to give us a call this morning to talk about gardening, we can do that. And I want to uh, jump into a few other things while we're at it. But meanwhile, let's start out this morning down in South Mississippi in Van Cleve. Hey, Charlie, thanks for calling this morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. What's going on? Good. Everything's simple. I've got a... Two two Meyer lemons, and I and last year they got hit by the freeze. I started taking better care of them, trimmed them all the way down to the ground, trimmed them up a little bit more this year. And everything's going good, and I have been having them covered. But both of them have the huge thorns on them now. Yeah. Did I go past the rootstock? I'm just curious. Yeah, you did. There. Yeah, you did. Those things are grafted onto a a plant that's called uh, trifoliate orange, uh, and sometimes uh, other kind of rootstocks, and they're real thorny. So you cut it down below the root, b- below the grass, so all you've got a rootstock out there. Okay, so that's not going to make an orange. I mean, make a lemon. Not 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 like you want. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you you cut them down really close, didn't you? Well, I cut them down to where the dead was. Well, you know, it's... Right. It's possible, you know, that you didn't get down below there, but uh, you did this last year? Yes, last year. Yeah. And I had a good growth this year. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, what I would do, you know, have they started blooming yet? I mean, down on the coast, sometimes they start blooming. I got an email from Phil and Startful who's already got uh, uh, lemon uh, orange trees he brings in and out already starting to bloom. But uh, they typically. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't do any hard pruning on this year, uh, Charlie. What I'd do is I would maybe thin them out. If you got a bunch of clutter out there, sort of thin them out, but leave parts of them completely unpruned. Let's see how they bloom and see what they do this spring. They might do something. That's okay. That's my, that answers the good question. My second question, I've got a sandy. has got heavy, uh, large oak trees, sandy spot, uh, rest of the grass is Bermuda grass. I mean, uh, uh, King. anyway, the... Uh, I have a spot I can grow grass on. What, yeah. What's a good What's a good grass to put down? Yard grass. Oh well, you got you have an oak tree. It's shady, right? Yes, shady and sandy. Okay. Here, here's here's a problem. Now I'm gonna sound negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm gonna sound negative, but when I was studying turf management at Mississippi State. 30-something years ago, and every seminar I've been to and decades of experience and observation, I have never seen anybody successfully get grass started in the shade. Now, it'll grow in the shade if it's already there, and the shade is gradually. But grass needs a lot of energy, and that comes from sunshine. It means direct sunshine. Your best bet is going to be St. Augustine because it's got big, wide leaf blades, and it can get more sun and low light. But if you're going to try some St. Augustine, you need to set your more at its highest setting, because the more leaves you got, the more likely it's going to get enough energy to grow roots and stuff like that. So St. Augustine is going to be your only real choice. I, okay, you know, that's, it, that's good. Yeah, down on the coast, it might work because what happens is they don't get enough uh, energy to get established before wintertime. And since you have pretty mild winters on the coast, you might be, be able to get some started. But I wouldn't do it in the densest areas. I would do it in the areas that, you know, not up close to the tree is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, it's it's well away from the tree. Okay, good. All I got limbs is what yeah. I'm talking about. Limbs yeah. covered. Okay, yeah. that's uh, perfect. Hey, look, thanks a lot. Good morning to you. Okay, appreciate it, Charlie. Hey, let us know how those things do. I'm curious. Okay. I'll, I'll send you an email. Okay. All righty. Thanks. 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 Bye bye. 
All right, folks, you want to talk about gardening? We can do that. If I don't know something, I will let you know that I don't know it. I'm one of those kind of personality types that I, I, I'd like to know stuff, but if I don't know, I'm okay with that because I can learn, learn stuff. And, uh, you know, some people are defined by what they know. I'm defined by what I don't know, and I'm all right with that. A lot of times uh, I get stumped and people shoot in emails or they call and help me out or I do some research, but you can always send me an email because if I don't know something, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to send pictures to friends of mine we're going to figure it out um java you in there always hey i got i got a, a special surprise word you're you're the uh, new producer on the block how's it how's it going it's your second week right yes sir yes sir it's all good hey, <laughs> and, and, and get, learn all the buttons because they, they won't give me buttons in here in case you didn't notice <laughs> i have a history of pushing the wrong buttons and you've got alexis in there alexis neely is an intern she's our, our phone greeter today yeah she's holding it down uh, uh from uh old miss all right from old miss well uh listen i'm gonna we're gonna take this this uh phone call from louise from moss point when we get done with that i got a special tune for you. Can we play that when we get done with this? We'll see what Louise talking about and then we'll get to it. Okay, and then you're going to see now why I'm starting to call you the percolator. Stop it. Hang on. There we go. I'm gonna, let's go down to uh, talk to Louise in Moss Point. Hey, Louise, how are you? Hey, that was quick. Um, I have two Satsuma trees and they do bear fruit, but the fruit, they get big and uh, and peel easy and then they're pissy. They're not juicy. They're awful. This year and last year I had something. What can I do at this time of the year to make nice little juicy sweet Satsumas next year? Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to scratch my head here. Even though I've worked with citrus for a long, long time, I'm not an expert on it and there, there may be uh, I'm not sure. Something in the back of my head says there may be a condition, a disease, or something like that that can cause that. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that one up. But let's try this. When they start making satsumas, it's going to half kill you to do this, Louise. But let's say there's a cluster of them you know, in one spot. Thin them, out, thin them out to just two or three per cluster. When they're real small, about the size of a, of a marble or a grape or something like that. Because this is what commercial fruit growers do. They thin their fruit so the what's less gets bigger and sweeter instead of a whole bunch of small knobby things. They do this with apples and pears and citrus. So uh, those you can reach. You know, or Try it on just a few branches. Thin them out to just two or three per cluster, again, when they're about the size of a, of a marble or so. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. I didn't know it might, might apply to me. I have trimmed back branches that shot right up towards the sky. Yeah, right. I trimmed those back just before the freeze. That's good. And uh, I'm just, and one time, uh, what about this uh, cotton seed meal that you recommended once? Well, Will that uh, help a little bit uh, well, right now? It, it can. Cottonseed meal is used uh, for, by gardeners as a fertilizer, as a nitrogen fertilizer, you know, and, and plants need nitrogen. They also need phosphorus and potash and all like that. So if you use any kind of all-purpose fertilizer every three or four or five years, you can use the cottonseed meal every couple of years. But, you know, I, and I hate to sound not horticultural, Louise, but a lot of people do stuff that commercial folks do, that do that's not really necessary. If you want to put a little cottonseed meal out there, it'll really bulk up the earthworms in your in your soil because it's got protein in it also. So it'll feed your plants and it'll uh, make the earthworms uh, bigger and beefier and they'll do a better job of taking stuff down around the roots of your trees. But it's not necessary. It's just a good thing. Okay. I'll do it and keep 
Okay, and it, 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 it put a, put a ribbon when, when you thin out some of these brands, some of the fruits. Put a little ribbon or something like that out, so you remember to look at it later, and let us know how it worked for you. Okay, thank you. I will. All right, appreciate you call. Thank you so much. One eight seven seven MPB ring, and I got something special for my producer Java Chapman. Java, you want to run that thing because you haven't heard this before, have you? I have not, and I've heard uh, many of songs. Well, this is this is by the Ink Spots from nineteen forty one. It's one of their big hits, and I'm, I want to play it in honor of you. I'm calling the producer. The, excuse me, the percolator. Take a break, folks. I'm a horticulturist fellow. Java, you know, this is a Java Jive, and he's called the Percolator. Java, coffee, coffee, Percolator. Hang on. Play it. Just one more verse before we take this break. We call the Gestalt Gardener. I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll take a break and come back with more of your phone calls about gardening. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, welcome back. So I caught you by surprise on that one, Sir Java, huh? Yeah, you did. We had a little fun this morning. Yep. I, I, you hit me with a lot of knowledge real quick. <laughs> well, that's the reason I'm calling you the percolator, because it's all about percolating ideas and stuff like that. As I've learned, this is, that's an old folks' term, so I don't feel bad not knowing it. <laughs> no, no, no. What did you think I was insulting? I mean, you're, you're big enough to where you don't take any stuff off of me. <laughs> anyway, let me, let's me let go down to, uh, let's go way up to Corinth. Hey, Spencer, how would you survive the cold up in the, the icebox in Mississippi? Oh, I try to stay warm. I put my thermals on. Yeah, well, you did in this past weekend. How'd your garden do? All right? Oh, I don't have any tests right now, but hmm. uh, I did okay. Well, what can I help you with today? Oh, hey, my favorite gardener. Oh, Happy New Year to you. Thank you, sir. Um. Uh, where do you get all that music from? Oh man, I just, it sticks to me like Lent. It just sticks to me. I've and I've been doing this a long. I was in a Navy band long, during Vietnam. I've been doing music a long time. But uh, what you got going on with your poinsettias, man? 
again, all oh, my Ponzellas. You know, my grandma, I love her to death. She's her favorite plant was the Ponzella. She used to buy them every Christmas. Uh-huh. And so um, I, I got friends. They got a lot of plants. So I've been trying to get plants lately. And, and in her memory, in her honor, I've been getting Ponzellas every Christmas. But I believe she or uh, people throw them away at the end of the season. And I wanted to ask you, do I need to keep them, uh, how to take care of them, and do I, would you keep them if you were me? Yeah. I've been doing a little research on them, but I'm not an expert. Well, here, here's the deal on them, uh, Spencer. First of all, they're native to Mexico, and they will freeze. They'll freeze real, real quick if you leave them outside. But if you can keep them alive until spring, you know, indoors in a sunny window, you can actually plant them out in the yard. They make like little bushes. Of course, you know, they'll freeze the next year, but what most people do is is, uh, is they cut them back. You know, they got that red stuff on top. They're, those aren't flowers. They're, they're a type of, of, of leaf. You can cut them back and, and uh, keep them in a sunny winter. They'll put out all new growth, and then uh, it's sometime this summer, put them in a little bit bigger pot or put them in the, the, the dirt, but put them outside where they get plenty of sunshine and just treat it like an outdoor plant. And if you want to get it to bloom again next year, uh, then it starts getting kind of tricky because you gotta you got to fool them into thinking it's nighttime longer than day by putting a box over them or something. I've got a friend named Jesse here in Jackson who has actually collected them from his neighbors. He's going to plant a hedge of them out in his little garden uh, this summer. But uh, if you want to get them to bloom again, it gets a little tricky and you have to start in September, cover them up at night with a box and uncover them the next morning. It's possible. But uh, okay. main main thing I do, put them in a sunny winter. Don't let them get too dry. And if they drop their leaves, just cut them back a little bit. And they'll put out all new growth. Once you put them outside in the spring, uh, once it's cold out to come back again, do you, do you just leave them out there or do you try to bring one well, or two of them back in? No, if, if you leave them outside, they're going to freeze. They'll freeze to death, you know, even in south Mississippi. Along the coast, you know, they can make it, but uh, if we get a frost or a hard freeze, they're toast. So, you know, you got to keep them indoors when it gets cold. Can I, can I put them out in the pot during the, uh, the hot season and bring them back in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I put them in a little bit bigger pot. The one that's in, one, one they're grown in, they're grown just for, for sort of a one-shot effect. It's not enough to keep them going, so I'd put them in a little bit bigger pot. No problem. All, all right, man. Stay warm, Spencer. <laughs> you too, man. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go from way up at the Tennessee line down to the Gulf Shores, Alabama. Hey Beth, good morning. How are you? Hi Felder, I'm great. I've got a question. I want to know what type of shrubs would be good to plant around condo buildings at the beach. Oh I think boy, they take different. <laughs> uh, you know, it requires something different, and yeah. I'm really wondering if dwarf camellias would work there. Uh, they would do all right, but I would put them on the north side because that way okay. they don't get the salt spray and stuff like that. Okay. But there's a, what about on the south side? Well, the, the, I, I, there's so many possibilities. I'm going to ask you to shoot me an email. I actually wrote a book called Tough Plants for Florida Gardens with a whole chapter of plants that survive on the primary dunes. You know, we're talking about junipers. Uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, oh, what's the, the, the oleander? You familiar with oleander? Sure. It'll sure. take the most unbelievable heat and drought and sun and salt spray and all like that. That's a great one. Junipers will do it. Believe it or not, figs will grow, uh, you know, there. But there's, a, and, and of course, palms. But what I would do, two things. First of all, uh, Beth, if you'll shoot me an email, I'll send you a list of really good 
commonly grown, good-looking, low-maintenance landscape plants that'll grow great along condos. But also, spend a little time, not just now, but also in the spring, summer, and fall, riding around and looking at what other people are growing to make sure that you have something that's in bloom or has something interesting going on every season instead of just generic green. You know, there's exactly. lots and lots of good ideas. You know, you especially if you take a drive down, uh, you know, down down over into you know around Pensacola, Orange Beach, uh, uh, all around there, you're going to see a whole bunch of really well landscaped houses. Uh, the plant's been there for a long time, and I've got okay. a list of them. Great, I'll I'll email you. Now that's a start. And meanwhile, just look around, and see what you like. Thanks so much. Okay, Beth, appreciate it. Bye. Alrighty, folks, we're going to be taking a break in a little while with some cheesy music, but let's go to Madison in central Mississippi. Hey, John, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing, fellas? Good, good. What's up? Uh, the frost got, I planted two kinds of kale. I planted the Russian red and the uh, Tuscan blue. Uh-huh. And uh, the frost has pretty much killed that Tuscan blue. I don't think it's going to come back. Um, well, now, I planted, go ahead. Uh, I I lost a couple of my plants. I have probably I'm gonna say seven or eight of the of the of the reds, and I've got probably that many of the Tuscan blues. I lost a couple of them, but most of mine do did perfectly fine. You know, so uh, they can take the cold, but it might be also what they're growing in, or they might have been a little too wet or something like that. The one one of my best ones, the uh, Russian, the excuse me, the Tuscan blue. That didn't do that well. I just cut it back, and I think it sprout back out. But I got some just little pots that sat out completely covered with snow and ice, and they did fine. Well, I'll, get, I'll go ahead and give it a chance. I'm going to cut back all those yellow ones. But yeah. My question was, I, I, I late start planting my turnips and mustard because I was trying. To, I was hoping that my tomatoes would finally ripen before uh-huh. the frost got in. It didn't. You know, it didn't work. But uh, they, they're about an inch. Tall. They've been in the ground for over a month. They're about an inch tall, and they don't seem to be getting any bigger. Should I give up on those, or you think they'll bust out? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. If you planted them thick, you know, they may be stunted. You know, what, what a lot of home gardeners don't do, what commercial growers do, is they spread the seeds out to begin with, or a lot of uh, old-hand home gardeners, when they when their greens, their lettuce, their mustard, their turnips comes up, they'll go and they'll thin them out till they have an inch or two or more in between the plants. Because if you don't, they get stunted. You know, so if you plant a real thick, that could be all it is. But also, they don't like the kind of cold weather we had last year, uh, last weekend. You know, they'll take frost. They actually get sweeter after frost. But a hard freeze, uh, you know, if it doesn't kill them, it'll stun them. But I think that the turnips and things like that can grow out of it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just let them ride for a little while. And last question, real quick. I missed the first part of the show. Are you doing a fruit seminar at Hutto's? I am. As a matter of fact, I was at I was at Hutto's yesterday. I was getting uh, day before yesterday getting some. Uh, I'm digging this clay dirt in my front yard to plant a new magnolia tree. I got, and it's just the clay is too much. So I got this gritty type stuff that that uh, that I mix with the clay. But they were unloading their fruit trees, and it is just an astounding variety. You know, we don't do advertising here on MPB, but I got to tell you, Hutto's has got the best widest, most thorough selection of good, good quality fruit-type plants. They're unloading them, and we're going to do the seminar, I think it's on February the 11th. It's a Saturday, the 9th or 11th, so whatever that Saturday is, I'll have to look it up on my calendar. But you're going to announce it on show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's what I needed. Thanks. All right, hey, listen, you can start planting those turnips and mustard and things like that again in just like three weeks, middle of February, and start planting them again. 
Okay. I may send these. And say, I, I think your sending idea may be my problem. I'm yeah. going to try that. See they they really, really don't like to be crowded at all. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate it. Oh, bye. Okay, well, folks. I was walking around yesterday, and uh, I saw my, my first flowering quince in bloom, the first shrub of the season, flowering quince. Well, and there's camellias out there. Some got bitten by that cold pretty bad last week, but they're they're doing fine. Um, got some new growth on a few plants, but the flowering quince, uh, I saw my first dandelions of the year. I've got a, a few little wildflowers I've transplanted into a meadow in my backyard. And um, I've got with me some violas I picked up this morning, a little vi- sweet purple and, and, uh, and yellow violas. I got some sprigs of roseberry, some bright, bright green parsley, which is not affected by the cold, and some nice gray-green dusty miller. So it's possible to have plants out in pots or in your flower beds that can take the kind of cold that we have, plus the 75 degrees we have. And I think that's what got a lot of plants that went from too warm to too cold too fast. They can take the cold, they can take the warm, but they can't take them, so, you know, 24 hours back to back. Anyway, that's what gardeners do. We gamble. We plant stuff out. We cross our fingers. We do the best we can. And if something messes up, we just try it again. Uh, it's about time for some cheesy music, Sir Java. Yeah, we can go ahead and get into it. All righty. Let's, let's do that, folks. Uh, you know, Java Chapman is my producer. I'm horticulturist fellow rushing. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's the Gestalt Gardener. And we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back with more of your phone calls live here on MPB right after this. steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. I uh, got an email while we're uh, while we're during a break from uh, from a fellow named Ken Clemens. He lives between. Tupelo and Saltillo up in Lee County. He said, I probably left my Bermuda a bit too high from the cutting this last fall. We were in a drought, just not getting enough rain. I was afraid to cut the grass and put more distress from lack of rain. And should I leave it as it is or cut it close now they're having rain almost every day? Now, uh, Bermuda grass likes to be cut close. You know, the problem is if you cut it real close and it's under drought stress, that puts it under more stress. So you're right. When it gets really hot and dry, it's better to raise your mower and uh, and not cut it as often, and uh, that just takes some of the stress off of it. But once you get past all that, Bermuda grass likes to be cut fairly low compared to St. Augustine and Centipede, which do better when they're cut high. So I would sometime over the next uh, few weeks, I'd cut it. I wouldn't scalp it, but just go ahead and cut it down to the normal height. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, Ken, you and everybody else who likes to have a uniform lawn, if you like to have a nice lawn out there that is just grass without a bunch of weeds in it, uh, which I call wildflowers, some people call it weeds, this is the month to treat for weeds. A lot of people start calling in late March and April because they got all these weeds and wildflowers. They got henbit and clover and dandelions and wild onions and garlic and all that stuff out there. And if you wait till then, till they really bother you, it's really too late to treat them. Once they get big and start to flower, they're almost they're really hard to kill. But if you have trouble with with weeds or unwanted wildflowers in your lawn in May. Uh, excuse me, March and April, this is the month to try. January, early February, the plants are small. They're not flowering yet. They're very easy to do. They're very sensitive to uh, broadleaf weed killers. So go to Garden Center and get anything that's a liquid spray, not weed and feed. I never recommend weed and feed, and I've got reasons that could just drive you nuts. Bottom line is, get a liquid spray for broadleaf weeds. It'll have dandelions, uh, garlic, onions, things like that written on the label. Spray it, not heavily, but once or twice a week or two apart right now, and you can control those things while they're small. They're very easy to control, and you'll be done with it when everybody else has a bunch of stuff out in their yard to take care of in the springtime. Uh, be sure to leave a few little clumps of of, uh, of clover, though, because the Easter Bunny has got to have a place to leave some eggs. Let's go down to Pascagoula. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? I'm sir? fine. What's going on on the coast? Uh, I have a nut for green onions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I buy them at the grocery store, and I cut the tops off of it down, almost down to the bowl, put them in water for a few days. When's the best time to plant those in the dirt? Oh, now. You know, you can plant them, you know, they're, you can plant them in the fall if you want your own. Do you know about multiplying onions? No, I do not. Okay, you need to send me an email. It's time to school you on something. You can grow in a pot outside that you will enjoy all the time. Multiplying onions, they, they sometimes they're called nesting onions. They're little little things. You can put them in a pot, and they just fill it up with stuff. Anyway, um, you can plant them now because they like cool weather. They do quite well in cool weather. Cool. Other one I was going to say, it's not really a question, but I was just going to say for anybody that, because everybody's calling in about the plants, uh-huh. Turning up because of the uh, cold weather. Yeah. Come quiet. 
You know, I, I'm glad you said, you know, kumquats will take 20 degrees. You know, they're great plants. They're easy to keep small. You can cover them up if you want to. And they produce a lot of little little orange-looking things. Oh, yeah, they're delicious. And you can eat them skin and all. But kumquats are probably, you know, there's some really good cold-hearted citrus. I got a friend named Tom Mann uh, up in central Mississippi in, in Clinton. He grows all sorts of stuff in pots and stuff. But kumquats are probably the most dependable. And they'll make fruit in February. Absolutely. All righty, man. Appreciate your call, Scott. Uh, one one more question. Okay. Uh had some old timers come over and I've got a tree in my yard that's just propagating like crazy. They broke the leaf on it and said, Hmm, that's camphor tree. Could be. How can I tell? Uh shoot me a, a good, clean, clear, close up picture. All right. <laughs> but there's no I mean they sent they smelled it, they the scent of it and Yeah. Well, you know, but but there, there's several plants though that they have real fragrant foliage, though, um, you know, se- several different kinds. And so, if they if they're sure it's a camphor tree, I'm gonna call it a camphor tree, but I'm not gonna call it one uh, to myself until I see for myself. Right, right, got you. Send me a picture, right, man. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. I forgot what that poem was. Somebody said it couldn't be done, but. I with a choker replied that maybe it couldn't, but I would be one who wouldn't say so till I tried. Give me a call, folks. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Don't have any events to announce for right now. There are no uh, no garden related events that I know of. Uh, so if you know of any that are coming up, some things that that we can can uh, can talk about, help promote, I'll be real glad to do that. Uh, I'm just checking my my calendar right now. Uh, let me see what month is it going to be? January, February, February the 11th, Saturday, February the 11th is when I'm having my annual free home fruit workshop. It's at a garden center in Jackson called Hutto's. It sort of specializes in not just the different types of fruit that grow well, but the the best varieties for disease resistance and the, the temperatures and the chilling hours and all that kind of stuff. But if you've got a yard and you want to grow some things that are pretty to look at, when you're tired of looking at them, you can eat them. Uh, figs, blueberries, muscadines, certain kinds of peaches and plums. There's certainly some apples, even some some pears that do well. Uh, the, some of the blueberries make among the most attractive hedges. The intense red fall colors uh, in late November, December, uh, and they produce little pretty little pinky uh, white bells of flowers that the pollinators love and then tons and just loads and loads and loads of berries in the middle of the summer. These are the kind of plants that you can put out as regular yard plants. And I'll be having a free seminar. It's usually well attended. We have a good time. But start putting that on your calendar for Saturday, February the 11th. Uh, again, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's talk to Kay up in Memphis. Hey, Kay, how, how's your reception up there? Oh, I, it's good. It's great. Good, good, good. What can I, are you in Memphis or near Memphis? I am in Memphis. Oh. I'm, I'm one mile inside the, the city limits. So All right. You and Elvis are neighbors. Yes, we are. What can, we, what can I help? Okay, I two things. One is I, well, one is a gardening question, and the other is gardening comment. Uh-huh. I think you would find very humorous. Okay. But anyway, uh, keep I, it clean. <laughs> I I want to know. I have two big bunches of what I is commonly called milk and wine lilies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they Correct. have been there for umpteen years, 
and I have got to separate. I have 80. You would be shocked. I'm 86 years old, and I have 80 feet of flower beds. <laughs> I'm going to have to have some help this spring. Uh, anyway, you know, you know. Hey, let me let me give you a real quick tip. My mother, when she got a little bit older, she had these big flower beds. Instead of weeding, she ended up just growing flowers taller than the weeds. That helped a lot. <laughs> well, most of mine is pretty perennial. Uh huh. Um, and I got a bunch of, of uh, bulbs from breakfast. Honestly, I got sick, and I have not been able to get them in the ground. I will in the next few days. But yeah. anyway, uh, how, those milk and wine, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Their, their Latin name is crinum, C-R-I-N-U-M. But milk and wines are the crimes that are white with a little milk, the little wine red stripe on the leaf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the flower. They have, been, they have been there for years, and I know there must be 50 Mm-hmm. I need to send them out. They're just—they're not doing well. How many should I leave in there? Uh, have you have have you moved these before, Kay? Yes, I have. Okay, so you know they're deep, and you're going to need to bring your lunch. Yeah, I know. I planted them. So okay, I know. so you know how deep they are. Uh, you know, you could put the, the thing about the the milk and wine lilies. They bloom better when they're either crowded or in real compact soil. So I would leave uh, two or three of the are uh, are are so of the best ones in each hole. But when you get done, stomp the ground around it. I mean, really pack it down because they grow. They bloom better when the soil is compacted or they're crowded. Okay, that's fine. No, I, I'm, I am 95% perennial, so mm-hmm. it's mostly just keeping the weeds out. There you go. Okay, the other thing I thought you would find humorous. On Christmas Day, I had to go to the hospital, was admitted to the hospital. <sighs> and a couple of days after that, this young lady came in. I had just finished my lunch, and I made, I don't know why she came in, but I had I made some comment about their choice of vegetables. I Hoped I would be able to have a vegetable garden this year of some size. Uh-huh. And so you would not have believed. She stood there 15 minutes and we talked about gardening. We <laughs> talked, and I gave her a lesson on how to take care of her, her, her lawn. You know, poison for weeds now. Don't fertilize till you've mowed twice, sharpen <laughs> your blade. You know, people would have thought that that Felder had changed into a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ain't scared. I ain't scared at all. Kay, that is a wonderful story. You know, you'd 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 make a great master gardener. You know. Well, you know, I saw, I tried. I signed up for it back fifteen years ago. And um, something happened. I was not able to to do it then. I was working and running a business and taking care of two bad adopted boys. Yeah, well, they they they've got a good they've got a good program there in in uh, in Memphis. But sounds sounds like that that you should have been teaching them. Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> listen. I, I just thought. I just thought if you'd done a a bird on on the. Well, them outside, you would have <laughs> laughed because it sounded just like Felder. Well, and you already knew the answer to your, your milk and wine question anyway, but I appreciate you being well, nice no, and asking no, me. I, I, I had an idea about it. But, <laughs> well, listen, uh, share, no, share, them with I, some I other, sure. share some with some other folks because, you know, once they got them, they won't die. Well, you know, the people, oh, I know, I got these from a house two doors down when the when the house was sold and they were around <laughs> an old tree, but anyway. I get, okay, don't, Kay, don't tell anybody else, but I did the same thing as a fellow who passed away not far from me and had some red milk and wine, all red, and I liberated some of those from my yard, but don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. I pretty happy New Year, okay, sweetheart? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Okay, doke. Bye-bye. I listen to you every week. If well, I don't get it on the first call, I get it on the rebroadcast, and sometimes I listen to both. Well, thanks for being part of our party. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I really am. I'm <laughs> devoted to radio. I don't even have a working television in my house. I don't have time to sit and watch television. Old school. It still works. Yeah. Okay, Kay. Happy New Year. All righty. We got time to take a phone call or you want to do some uh, little thing or what, what, boss? Help me out here. Um, Let me ask this question. Yeah. Bonsai's. Yep. That good little tree. Well, it's a style. Bonsai means you take a plant and you keep it pruned, keep it small. So it's more of a style. It's sort of like a hairstyle. You know, you you keep them little. So it depends on what kind of plant. Some plants that you keep pruned are real small that make good bonsai's because they're good plants. There's some plants that don't make good bonsai because they ain't good plants to begin with. Because I just saw something about an azalea bonsai, and I never saw something, I never saw anything about that. Well, yeah, all that means is you keep cutting out all the big stuff and keep it real small. You know, this, it's like eyebrows. You know, some people have big, bushy eyebrows, but they keep them plucked out real nice and neat. That's what bonsai is. It's the uh, plant version of keeping big, bushy eyebrows nice and neat. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a, a, a caller on the line from Houston, Mississippi. We've got the lines open, though, after that. If you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, My producer, Sir Java, and I are going to be here right up until 10 o'clock. And also we have Alexis, who's a phone greeter. So... Uh, when we come back for this break, let's do some gardening. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi, one of many locally produced programs here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, folks, welcome back again. Horticulture's fellow rushing. By the way, I just got a book in the mail. Uh, it's going to be, I, I, I can't. It's a beautiful book. I haven't had a chance to read it, but it's uh, it's put out by my friend Ed Kroom, who have done a photography book about the land of Rowan Oak, the plants all around uh, Faulkner's uh, home up in, in uh, uh, Oxford. I can't wait to take a look at this and review it, but let's get back to work first. Let's talk to Floyd up in Houston. Hey, Floyd, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, in case you haven't heard, we had a drought up here in yeah. This year. Uh, yeah. And uh, it uh, really worked over my azaleas. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's getting to be that time of year, and I want to know what I can put on them to uh, uh, crank them up and get them ready for uh, for uh, to bloom. The, to, to bloom, there's nothing you can do right now. They either got it or they don't. You know, they've already got their flower buds for for spring uh, already set. You know, usually they have some flowers, even no 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 matter how bad the drought is. So there's nothing to do right now. So sort of clean up under, maybe put some fresh mulch. But one thing you can't. So, so in other words, they're already set for this spring. What okay. you can do, Floyd, and this is something I, I really can't overemphasize: plants that suffered from. A drought following a long wet spell have got root damage, not just from the drought, but from the wet spell we had last spring. And one of the things you can do to invigorate them more than anything is after they bloom, cut them back. Cut them back pretty dry. You can cut an azalea literally to a foot or foot and a half tall, and it will it will invigorate it with new growth, new, strong, vigorous growth. 
Um, okay. And some I people mine back about knee high uh, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, they've gotten back again, getting used to the big ones. They're not the little miniatures. Yeah. And uh, we're real proud of them around the house. And, yeah. Well, uh, you, like said, the drought just hit them. Yeah. You may not have to cut them back that far if you did a couple of years ago, but go ahead and cut them back a third to a half. And then when the new growth comes out uh, sometime in the spring, late spring, uh, by the middle of the summer, sometime in June, go back and snip the tips off the new growth so it bushes out. You'll have fuller plants, and uh, okay. they'll have time to bush out and still mature and set flower buds before falls. I cut them back a pretty good bit and then tip prune the new growth, and this will help them get over damage a whole lot more than anything you can put on. I wouldn't push them with fertilizer, though, Floyd, because since you cut the tops back, those roots are still intact, and they're going to be almost like like too big a motor for that little boat, if you get my, my drift there. Okay. So just a little fertilizer, but not enough to push them too much because uh, they're going to jump as it is anyway. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it, Floyd. Good luck. And we're going to go now to Hernando, almost to Memphis. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning, Felder. Howdy. I, I have two questions for you. Okay. Um, well, I planted some salwood trees, little bitty ones that I got at the Audubon Nature Center. Great plants. And they did great. Yeah, they did great. But I went out to see how the blooms were coming because of the hot weather and the cold weather and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, something has some... Um, Something has nipped off the tips of all the branches. I was. I, so my you know, first question is: uh, Will they sprout out? Will they grow? Or are, yes. Or is it too late? Yes. Uh, for, for it's probably squirrels. Squirrels. I go out in the morning at my juniper trees and my yopon holly trees, which are the pride of my backyard. The tips of every branch are cut off and just dropped on the ground. And it really irritated me because they went all my berries. You know, on so my yopon holly. This was only about a foot tall, though, so oh, will it, it sprout out more stuff in the Oh, yes, yes, uh, the small tree. Yes, they'll, they'll sprout out fine. I thought it was mature trees, but it could be anything from squirrel to you got deer in your yard by any chance. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, what they do in a lot of places where they have deer, we don't appreciate it because we're not used to it here. We don't do it as much here. But places where they've been guarding for a long time, they always put a little fences around their young trees. They always do. And, uh, you know, you go to Europe, go to England, all these old estates, every time they set out trees, they got a little fence around it, and people just assume, instead of the fence being ugly, they see that as a sign of somebody taking care of the trees. Not much else is going to keep deer away, though. Okay, then my other question is, uh, about three weeks ago, uh, one of my daffodils started coming up well. Now uh-huh. that the weather's turned unseasonably warm, a whole bunch of my daffodils are coming up. All of, my, uh, all, all of mine yeah. are. All of mine are. You know, the only daffodils. Yeah, but where, where we live in North Mississippi, we sometimes get ice storms and things in February. So my question is, uh, are they going to, uh, if we get an ice storm or something before they bloom, will they just, will they die or will no. they just not bloom this season? Uh, okay. First of all, I'm from the Delta, not very far from you, just south of you a little ways. And I've got daffodils that my great grandmother planted in the 1930s. They went through the drought of the 30s, the 50s, the 60s. Uh, I mean, the, the ice storms, they've had horrible ice storms and cold weather just doesn't hurt them at all. Paper whites, my paper whites started blooming a couple of weeks ago, and that because they were tender, they were full bloom, that freeze killed the flowers on my paper whites, but they're going to do fine. And I've got probably 60 different kinds of daffodils popping up all over my yard, and it doesn't matter how cold or icy it gets, I ain't worried about them at all. So the, so the, even if we have ice or something, yes. uh, 
they'll they'll survive uh, they, and, and they will bloom. Is that right? Well, they they can. You know, like I say, you know, the daffodils I've got have been through ice storm after ice storm after ice storm since the nineteen thirties, and they do fine. Some years they're not gonna do as well, but uh, you know, this one of those kind of things where if you can't fix it, flee it or fight it, flow with it. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> enjoyed, by the way, enjoyed making the garden markers with you up at the Meadow Museum. Oh, that was fun. That was so fun. Well, listen, Susan, I would I would not worry at all about the cold weather because daffodil is the last thing in the world you need to worry about. And my tree will come back. It should, and if you can keep the deer off it. Okay, thank you. Good luck on it. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All righty. I think we're just about out of phone calls here. What do you think, Java? Yeah, we got a few minutes if somebody wants to uh, jump in real sneak, quick. Sneak one in real quick. I just got this this book. I can't believe it. It's called The Land of Rowan Oak. Uh, it's all about William Faulkner's uh, uh, place up there in in uh, in Oxford. And it's uh, this photography is stunning. I've been up there. I've been taking pictures of uh, plants that are around Rowan Oak myself for a long time. But whew, this guy's got it nailed. It is a pictorial book of all the plants around Rowan Oak. And, you know, even if you're not a Faulkner fan or whatever, you know, who can't say that here in Mississippi, the book is stunning. And it's all about the kind of plants they're growing, what the name of them are, what are they called. It's just a, a beautiful book called The Land of Rowan Oak by Ed Croom. I've known Ed a long time and uh, looking forward to perusing this book. Uh, if you've got some events that are going on that I can help promote, shoot us an email here at the at MPB garden at mpbonline.org. I'll be glad to help promote any kind of things. It's going to start cranking up pretty soon. Uh, the next big thing I've got is I'm giving a, a couple of talks aboard the, uh, excuse me, a talk, a couple of nights aboard the Queen Mary out in Long Beach, California. A lot of you older folks remember the Queen Mary, one of the, the finest uh, passenger ships to, to go back and forth across the Atlantic. Anyway, I'm going to be aboard the Queen Mary in a couple of weeks giving a talk uh, about plants that have a sense of place no matter where you live. Uh, during the week, if you have questions about your garden, I, I, I cover quite a few emails every week. Shoot it to me. It's real easy. As soon as it comes in here, it's forwarded to me. And if I'm awake... Or I'm anywhere near if I'm, or if I got time on my hands, like I'm driving on an interstate or something, I'll I'll catch your emails. Shoot us an email anytime. Guard at mpbonline.org. Uh, meanwhile, as far as some things you can be doing this time of year, this is a great time to start working up your dirt. It you know a lot of rain and wet weather a week ago, but the dirt is starting to have that opening, that window of opportunity when it's easy to dig, when it's not too wet, not too dry. Turn it over, get it ready to plant some stuff, because we can start setting out broccoli and onions and cabbage and kale. We can start setting out, you know, you can still set out flowers like pansies. I've got a Dusty Miller, parsley, so many things you can plant in pots or in dirt this time of year. Also a good time to prune your fruit trees and to start getting ready to prune your roses. We're going to be talking about that and stuff like that every week right here on MPB. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi uh, uh, Public Broadcasting. My producer is a percolator himself, Java Chapman. Uh, we've had a, a wonderful new intern who's, who's uh, named Alexis Neely, 
who's uh, been the phone greeter, and uh, the guy who's in charge of it all, Kevin Klein, our boss, is smiling outside the window. Hey, boss, we're going to be back same time, same place. Meanwhile, I'm going to get out, dig some dirt, add some stuff to it, plant a magnolia tree, a state flower in my front yard, and we're going to call it a weekend. going to enjoy this weather, see what's blooming, listen to the birds singing, put out some honeybee-type plants, and do what we do best, and that's go out and get dirty. Thank you. 